Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I hope you're doing well during these times. Chances are Better than not that you were at home, self-quarantined on some level. And I thought, what better time to dig into dry land and different parts of it than now that we're dealing with these times. And honestly, I didn't want to jump into, hey, here's a bunch of at-home workouts because, A, we got a ton of teams all of a sudden signing up for online team programs. So we're making sure we're onboarding them correctly and just doing other internal things on the backside. So honestly, we just didn't have the bandwidth to do that. Uh, and quick plug, if you're a coach out there looking for a program, go to RitterSP.com slash team, fill out a form, you'll get on a call with me and we'll talk through your situation and how we can best help you. But after that, I started seeing just a bunch of dryland workouts float around, especially on Instagram and stuff like that. And honestly, I could start to see patterns really clearly of a couple key elements that were missing in 95 to 100% of the workouts that I was seeing posted. So obviously, I'm not saying every workout done at home is this, but the ones that I were just scanning by, this is what I picked up. And I'm going to start a webinar series about dryland in home. And we're going to go over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how long we're going to do it. We're probably going to be in this situation for some time. So we're going to leave it a little open-ended as well. But we're going to start it this Thursday, March 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can go to our website, rittersp.com slash dryland in home, all one word. There'll be a link in the show notes as well. And you can register for free for each of the webinars. And if you register, you'll also get the replays as well. So for whatever chance you can't tune in live. And I thought for the first one this coming week, I'm going to be going over those key elements that I saw were missing from a lot of the dryland workouts that were going by as I'm you know, flipping around on my phone. And so I wanted to give you kind of a sneak peek, a little teaser version here on this episode of just one of the aspects that I think is missing that I'm going to be covering at the upcoming webinar series, Dryland in Home. So the first one is, and the one I'm going to talk about on this episode today is, there is no mobility work in anything I'm seeing. And (laughs) that is just as big as, okay, how many reps or sets are you doing of an exercise? If you've heard me talk about dryland at all or been any of my talks, I've probably talked about the topic of there are basically two ways dryland can help you improve as a swimmer, right? Because we actually want it to improve you as a swimmer. There's no point in doing it if it's not. And the two kind of buckets that I've put things under in dryland is it's either going to put you in a better position as a swimmer. So literally you can, you know, get your elbow higher. You can get in a better catch. You can hold a better streamline. Your ankle can be flatter for a more efficient kick. So you can get your body into better positions or you can hold better tension. Your muscles are going to be able to hold contractions longer. They are going to have a higher ceiling of capacity, whether it's strength or power. You're going to have better internal tension through your core. And 
Everything that we do in dryland revolves around those two things. Is it getting you in better position or is it getting you to hold better tension? And so that's basically half of the things that we're doing for dryland, in my view, is to get in better position. And I'm not seeing any workouts address these. And on top of that, if there was ever a time to work on mobility, it's the next few weeks when you're out of the pool. Because guess what? When swimmers are in the pool, it is a constant, constant tug of war battle between the thousands of reps and strokes that they're taking on a weekly basis, whatever swim program you're doing. I don't care if you're doing USRBT, low yardage, or if you're maxing out volume. It's The scale is always going to be on the side of so many reps that those shoulders are going through that it really makes it a hard battle to win and actually make gains if you're trying to help improve the range of motion, the posture of the shoulder, the posture of the upper back or thoracic spine. And so I think this is actually a really key time that you can accelerate those gains around those areas. And honestly, if we go back to what usually keeps swimmers out of the water, it's when the shoulders get in a bad position repeatedly, and then they usually get injured. And so if we can take this time where we're out of the water to reestablish as good of a posture as possible, and then when we go back in the pool, if all of a sudden you have a better catch and your shoulder's in a better position, you're automatically going to be faster or more efficient on some level because we have put you in a better position. But yet none of the workouts that I'm seeing are addressing this on any level. And so in the webinar, I'm going to go over specific exercises that I think you can do to help with that. Um, Another way I want you to think about this too is, again, going back to the two kind of key principles I think about dryland improving swimmers, better position, better tension. Think about that is if we're improving position on land, it's kind of like the technique work you do in the water. And improving tension on land is kind of like the capacity or speed work you do in the water. And so I'm sure any coach out there is going to say, hey, yeah, there's some days that I really work on technique, or maybe I'm not worried about what our heart rate is or how many yards we're getting in, or even what kind of test sets we're doing, because I really want to focus on this technique. Or maybe in the middle of a hard set, you are focused on the technique, but it's, it's never one or the other, right? Like you're probably never just all in on, okay, what's the heart rate? I don't care about technique at all. And vice versa, you're probably never in a position where you're just caring about technique and not worrying about that. There there is a a give and take, right? And so it's the same thing on dry land. You should be concerned with how can we get our swimmers in better positions, better range of motion, better flexibility, and to make gains in this area when we're not swimming. Because let's face it, if they're out as long as any of the reports that I'm seeing going around are, uh, even just today, they, they said, my kid's not going back to school to at least May 15th. And I don't expect them to go back actually at all this year. So this is without a doubt, if facilities are closed as long as schools, it's without a doubt the longest time that probably any swimmer and coach is not going to be regularly at practice. And so if you miss this opportunity to actually make some gains in the range of motion, specifically in your thoracic, which is this part of your spine that all your ribs attach to, upper back and shoulder area, you are missing out on a golden opportunity. Because if, frankly, if all you did, I think, 
is just get better range of motion in your shoulders so that then you can have a better, more efficient catch when you get back in the water. That's going to be way more effective than anything on number of push-ups or burpees or jumping jacks, whatever you're going to be doing over the next few weeks. And specifically when you're trying to make gains in mobility and flexibility, dynamic warmth is one thing. Dynamic warmth's purpose is to just raise the core body temperature to get ready for exercise so you're not pulling anything or tearing anything. With this kind of work, we actually want to be very slow, deliberate, and do it multiple times, whether it's multiple times a day or definitely multiple times in a week. And I want to end here with this sneak peek. You'll have to tune into webinar to hear the rest of this point and the other points of what I think is missing in the dryland workouts I'm seeing. The two rules two rules that I have when you are doing any type of stretching like this, where you are really trying to increase the range of motion or flexibility, mobility, any of these areas is number one, you need to be breathing. Your nervous system is going to respond to how you are breathing. And so if as an athlete, you're holding your breath, trying to, oh, I'm trying to reach out there and stretch or get this new range of motion, you're just wasting your time. Because the nervous system is going to know that you are tensed up and therefore it's not going to want to release and relax. So number one is being able to breathe through the motion the whole time and get to a position where you can hold it and it's comfortable enough that you can breathe just fine. You don't feel like you're stressing at all. And a lot of times people stretch too far and therefore they can't breathe comfortably and therefore they're, again, kind of just wasting your time. You're not being able to get in a position where the body's able to relax and actually get some more movement. The second one is you need to be able to smile. Again, this goes back to the relaxed thing. So those are my two rules when you're trying to stretch and specifically get gains in mobility, flexibility, especially around joints like the shoulder or, or upper back. You know, laying on a tennis ball sometimes, <laughs> you got to be able to kind of sit there for a while before you can actually fully relax and breathe when you have that back in your back behind the shoulder blade and you're working through all those good knots. It's going to take a while for your body to relax and for you to be able to breathe and smile through that process. This is not going to be a do it once or twice over this eight-week break or so. You're going to be need to doing it every single day multiple times a day. But if you do that, I think in the long run, you're going to come out a lot better through this break. And think about it. If you are able to increase the effectiveness of your catch, that's almost like being able to get on a slightly faster interval or having a lower heart rate at the same speed. It's just as important, but oftentimes people don't see it. And that was one of the biggest misses that I felt in all these dryland workouts I'm seeing float around is no one's addressing mobility work. And it's just as important, if not more than everything else that they're doing in their dry land. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that entices you to check out the webinar series. We're going to start this Thursday, every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Check out all the information and register for free. RitterSP.com slash dryland in home, all one word. The link will be in the show notes as well. Hope to see everyone there. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and we'll see you next time. 
Want more dry land and strength training resources? Check out the show notes and our website, RitterSP.com. We can create an online team dry land and strength training program for you through our app with continual access to our performance coaches every step of the way. Visit RitterSP.com slash team to learn more and schedule a free call to see what's the best program for your specific training style, along with facility and equipment considerations. 